Today's news is filled with any number of hot-button issues. Racism, abortion, white privilege, gun control, climate change, LGBTQ plus issues. Those are just a few of those hot-button issues. And our kids are being influenced by the people that they trust to form value judgments that can often contradict much of what you may be teaching them. And you know, there are some dangerous perspectives on the issues at hand that can easily shape, if not hijack, the worldview of our children and ours too. Today we'll be talking with Joe Bataglia about how a biblical worldview on these issues can help make America good again. That's next on Licensed to Parent. Hi, I'm Michelle Hill, and I'm really glad you've joined us for another episode of Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. Shepherds Hill is a year-long, fully accredited, Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis. Our host is the founder and executive director of Shepherds Hill, Trace Embry. Trace is the author of The Miracles of Shepherds Hill. Our goal on Licensed to Parent is to take what we're learning each day at Shepherds Hill and share it with you so that you can be better prepared to raise your kids in a way that honors God. You know, Trace, we live in a time and in a culture where what's good and what's bad, well, that so often seems to get conflated, you know, even totally switched around sometimes. And Many of our kids seem to fall prey to this. What can godly parents do, Trace, to keep their kids from confusing what's good from what's actually evil? Well, if it feels good, do it, right? Wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Seems like that's what parents are doing today. Yeah, and and it's just, uh, you know, now working what started in the 60s. But the first thing parents have got to do uh, is to get... Uh, good and evil settled for themselves. I mean, I see a lot of parents, even Christian parents, capitulate into a lot of nonsense, junk science, illogic, and blatant lies themselves. I mean, it's it's as if uh, uh, everyone is just you know too busy uh, and exhausted chasing the upwardly mobile genie to really examine what's being shoved down their, their throats uh, through pop culture, particularly in our media and in our entertainment world. You know, entertainers, uh, whether they be professional athletes or movie stars or hip-hop stars, YouTube sensations or whatever, these seem to be the current voices of influence in our world. And while entertainers have always had influence in America, these guys have taken things to a whole new level. Uh, Their voices uh, about serious real-life issues have become equal, even greater sometimes, than the voices of real heroes or real professionals who've actually studied and or experienced the issues or subjects at hand. And to be fair... Some of our, quote, professionals have actually discredited themselves. I'm thinking people in the mental health profession, mm-hmm. uh, news media, the, the medical health profession, uh, politicians, educators, even church leaders. And ever since we've pleasured and entertained ourselves into imbecility, we've now become addicts of our own dopamine rushes. And all as our kids have taken things to a new level. And we've allowed this. Uh, it was more often than not that Americans you know, used to find value in pursuing noble things, good things, mm-hmm. uh, things that were considered upright and beneficial to the masses and not just for one's own selfish satisfaction. But that's when most people knew between good and evil because we all had a common standard for it. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. We did. And, and this was before postmodernism really took root in America. But that, that standard has been forgotten. It's been marginalized and or perverted. It was a biblical standard. 
uh, whether people understood that or, or, or not, whether they were Christians or not. I mean, our faith is all about serving others. Uh, it, it used to be that professions that really helped other people were a kid's dream to emulate. And, and, and like, for instance, firemen, policemen, nurses, doctors, lawyers, news reporters, teachers, military personnel, and even clergy. Today, entertainers are most admired, even idolized largely because they, they're giving folks, particularly our kids, the freedom to do what, what was once taboo, and they get paid a lot of money for it. Today's kids are actually being groomed by this new normal and, and a lot of things that used to be considered softcore porn. It's in, it's in their music, their movies, their comedy, and now even in their public education. So much of today's entertainment has not only helped form our personal appetites, but it's now helped reshape our cultural norms. Andrew Fletcher said, let me write the songs of any nation. I don't care who, who makes their laws, because we do have a tendency to follow the arts before we even follow uh, our society's laws. Let me try to put this in perspective. When I, was, uh, when I was a kid, just the thought of putting Elvis Presley's picture on a U.S. postage stamp was an outrage for many people. I remember that just like it was yesterday. <laughs> Today, streets and highways are named after any number of entertainment icons. I read somewhere where there are now 118 different rock stars on U.S. postage stamps. Why? Because these people made us feel good about sin? Uh, my gosh, illicit drugs can do that. But so much of today's entertainment, particularly in music, has now captivated our nation. And so, so much of it would not be considered good by any biblical standard. Does it take talent to produce it? That's the argument I hear from our kids all the time. Well, of course it takes talent to produce it, but it takes talent to pull off the perfect bank heist, too. For the Christian parent, God and his word must be the final arbiter of truth for determining good and evil, and not the fact that Cardi B can get my daughter to twerk in public. And by, by, by the way, our, our entertainment appetites and addictions are really just indicative of our deeper spiritual issues, and that's really the fundamental problem with our nation today. And, and all while so many hot-button issues have been contrived to deflect us from the real issues that are tearing families and our culture apart right now. But too often the real issues get swept under the rug, and we'll talk about some of that with today's guest. Well, our guest today has written a book on these hot button issues, and I know he's done his homework and is ready to talk. Joe Bataglia is our guest and licensed parent. Joe is a broadcaster, author, and president of Renaissance Communications, a media company whose mission is to provide media platforms for gifted communicators of biblical truth. He's an executive producer of the nationally syndicated radio program, Keep the Faith, and for over 16 years has been involved in the promotion of highly successful hit movies like Miracles from Heaven, War Room, and I Can Only Imagine. And today we're talking with Joe Bataglia about his latest book, Make America Good Again. Well, Joe, welcome back to Licensed to Parent, brother. Well, thanks, Trace and Michelle. It's always good to be with you guys. We appreciate the time. Hey, uh, the book Make America Good Again, is that a book that parents uh, and their kids could actually benefit by reading it together, maybe as a family, maybe sort of a, like a devotional? Well, I mean, you could make it out of that. Uh, the way I write is conversational. So um, if you knew me, um, you could hear me in the book mm -hmm. as you read it. So the opportunity for parents to use this as an opportunity to... Um, help their kids understand foundational things. And that's what I write about. Um, you, you mentioned it briefly about, and what I call it is just confusion in our culture. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
I have a, a subtitle to something I've written recently, and I called it Who Moved the Signposts? Yeah. Uh, and so one day we all wake up, and all of a sudden the things that have guided us towards success and other opportunities in life uh, were switched. Mm-hmm. And we shake our heads, and, and we look around and said, well, I thought I was supposed to go this way. And then uh, we know that that's no longer the way to go. And if you move the signpost, you no longer have any direction to go anywhere to do anything. And I think that's why we have um, so much nonsense in our world today. And so kids rightly need direction but have none because Mm -hmm. parents (laughs) have no direction either. That's (laughs) true. uh, There's nothing to teach if you don't know where to go to find the answer and the reality to what you want to learn. And so certainly, you know, those of us who are believers understand the reality of what culture does. Um, And the reality of the only way to deal with that is through the counterintuitive, countercultural eyes of Jesus and scripture, because that is truth. And that's another discussion, of course, but that's where I start normally uh, yeah. to help people understand who moved the signposts yeah. and, and well, where, do you, where do you go from here? But God's truth is a presupposition that, you know, we take by evidence, by faith, that a lot of people, more and more people today, aren't taking as their fundamental you know, premise for, for living life. Uh, but what makes things thornier yet is that not only are parents not getting a lot of this, but the people in higher education, you know, our, our kids, school teachers, their, their college professors, the mental health industry. I mean, some of those people, I mean, I, I'm in the mental health business and uh, so to speak, uh, some of those people are nuttier than squirrel dung themselves and, and, and half of them <laughs> will admit it, you know? Yeah. And, and so when you've got junior going off to school uh, from the home where parents don't really have a lot of answers and then they go to where they should be, they think they should be getting solid answers, and those answers couldn't be more antithetical uh, to Scripture if the devil himself was teaching it. And then, you know, they, he, they hear stuff in the, in the media and, you know, from uh, mental and medical health professionals, like this whole COVID thing with Fauci flip-flopping back and forth. I mean, what in the world are our kids supposed to think, and, and how are we as parents supposed to get our credibility back when we finally do come to terms with mm-hmm. the fact that God and his word should be the final arbiter of truth. Yeah. Part of the real problem, of course, is that in previous times, if we can say it that way, there may be one or two people that had input into your life, right? Yeah. You know, your mm-hmm. parents, your grandparents, uh, it, you know, the school system, certainly. And that's who you had to contend with. Today, media is so pervasive. Right. There are hundreds of inputs into a child's life and even into an adult's life by those who control the mindset of media to those who control the messages that it is literally an overabundance of images and impressions that assault us daily and we understand that a child's brain is not fully developed, and you know this, until their early 20s for the most part, certainly in mm-hmm. men. And so you take someone whose mind is still developing 
uh, that is very malleable, and you begin throwing impressions and assaulting it with that which is not true, um, there is an incapability physically to make a determination of what is right, what is wrong. And if you have no input from a family, if your family is broken, like so many families in our country today, if you have no father in the household, someone who has abdicated their position to be a leader Mm -hmm. and a carrier of God's law into the family and a teacher of that to the family, if all these uh, elements that once contributed to being the buffer and the teacher are totally gone, obliterated, then you have a blank slate. And that is the real issue that we're facing uh, today. Uh, The blank slate that is not only in our children's minds, but in in our adult minds Mm. um, to, to listen to some of this nonsense. And if you want to truly follow the science, as some of the sayings go today, well, the science is pretty clear uh, that on some of these things, uh, you can't self-identify <laughs> who you are, um, male or female, uh, because insane. that's really impossible. You can determine that you don't want to, but it doesn't change the universal principle of what DNA is about, of, right. you know, a lot of different things that confront someone. So there's just so much to contend with, and that's why uh, I think... You really can't do it without having a, a solid base in Scripture and, and right. uh, the universal way in which God operates. We have to right pick on. our poison. You know, it, it, we're going to suffer for yeah. doing right or we're going to suffer for doing wrong in today's society. Uh, but I think it goes back to Genesis and the, you know, the, 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 the tree of knowledge. I mean, uh, you would ask any school teacher 10, 15 years ago, is it possible to have too much knowledge? And they would, they would say no. But I think that that has been proven false. I think you can have too much knowledge. I don't want a kid knowing the nuclear codes or ISIS knowing our nuclear codes or any number of things I don't want my kids to know about. Uh, it leads to fault. Too much knowledge leads to false knowledge. And of course, that, that, that trails down to indecision and anxiety and all kinds of other crazy things. But we're up against a break. Our guest today and licensed parent is Joe Bataglia. Joe's written the book, Make America Good Again. Trace Ambreed, Joe, and I will be right back after this. Your children are teens now. They're growing up and gaining independence. That's kind of the point of parenting, isn't it? You're raising future responsible adults, but they're not responsible adults yet. They may be able to do things on their own, but you still want to be able to contact them and you want to equip them for success. So you decide to get them a smartphone. But why a smartphone? For most people, that means 24-7 access to everything on the planet. And that's not wise, nor is it healthy. Digital addiction is prevalent these days. In fact, we see teens of all ages dealing with mental health and behavioral issues rooted in overuse of technology. Issues that affect health, wellness, ability to focus, performance in academics, and more. That's why at Licensed to Parent, we want you to choose a wise phone alternative instead of a smartphone. More information is available at LicensedToParent.org slash wisephone. Hi folks, Trace Embry here, host of the Licensed to Parent broadcast and founder of Shepherd's Hill Academy. 
We've all heard about modern-day miracles, mostly from mission fields. Frankly, I believed about half of them and experienced none of them until about 30 years ago when Christ truly became the Lord of my life. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill is a book that wasn't written as much as it was recorded. It's the true story of how God used a handshake, my family's last $200, and our 30-year odyssey of bumper-to-bumper miracles to acquire a 60-acre farm that was used by the devil and turned it into a 250-acre globally recognized healing ministry for God. I want all people to know that Jesus Christ is still in the miracle-working business for those submitted to His word, will, and way, and who properly understand what faith truly is. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill, an extraordinary odyssey of divine interventions by Trace Embry. Learn more at LicensedToParent.org. Welcome back to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. Shepherd's Hill is a fully accredited one-year residential program for teens in crisis. And today we are helping you, the parent, think through these hot button issues and how we talk to our kids, how we parent our kids through them. Our guest today is Joe Bataglia. And Joe, you've written the book, Make America Good Again. We've been talking about that. But That kind of is a catchphrase. And of course, you did a play on words because many people know that catchphrase from Make America Great Again. But help us understand just what you mean when you say good again. Sure. Well, I say this because, like you said, it's a play on words with a phrase that everyone knows, right? Yeah. Uh, and, And so we get that. But I thought about that one day. And it dawned on me that greatness is about achievement, while goodness is about character. Right? It's a moral thing. Uh, yes. And yeah. so, you know, we don't need to be great. We need to be good. Mm-hmm. We need to have character once again, not just achievement, because you can have achievement by people who, you know, have no moral equivalent to that, <laughs> Right. Um, And that's part of our problem. I mean, America has been, you know, really good. So I don't measure the success of American um, character by the stock market. I measure it by the quality of the individual who lives in the land and goes to work every day and the people who are supposed to be representative of us on Capitol Hill and the people who lead major businesses and major media. And so um, that's where we're really lacking. And, of course, um, the the Make America Good Again concept uh, I've taken from the quote that was supposedly said by de Tocqueville, uh, the French historical writer who came to America and really created social science by his explanation of, what made America what it was, so successful and great. So someone's been looking at this country longer than uh, Donald Trump has been alive. So um, that's okay. <laughs> but when the Tocqueville toured America, he toured right through this area where we're sitting right now. Um, yeah. And he came to the conclusion that America was great because America is good. When she ceases to be good, she'll cease to be great. Mm-hmm. My question is, how do we reconcile the fact that he, when he made the statement that America was good, we were steeped in slavery. One man was still owning another one. How do we reconcile the fact 
that he says we were good, and by the way, he said that when he was only 26 years old, I think it was. Right. Uh, when, you know, today we would look at that and say, we're tearing down statues of people that lived during that time because of their, yeah. their views on slavery, which I, I, there's a whole narrative behind all that. I get that. I don't, I don't have any problem with those statues hanging out in public squares. I think it's just part of history. But just how do we reconcile that when kids bring it to our attention? Sure. Of course, he wrote that in the 1830s with his Democracy right. in America books, the two-volume set. I think what we have to do, uh, to be fair and honest, we always look at history in context of its time. Mm-hmm. And, and those who lived at a time could only speak from the context that they knew. Mm-hmm. And in the 1830s, you know, life was not like it is um, in the 21st century. And so right. uh, those of us that look at things out of context have the opportunity to live in a beautiful home and um, right. make sufficient money and look at idealism uh, and what is really you know, good things to have happen in our country to right the wrongs that are in every country. And in 1830, it was particularly noticeable all around the world, not just slavery, but uh, so many uh, crazy things going on. That said, uh, if truth is truth, then it's true forever. And so the truth of things like, you know, um, the issue of slavery or the issue of whatever demeans individuals and denigrates the human spirit, uh, that certainly uh, was unbiblical and should be dealt with. So you look at context. And, of course, you know, he traveled throughout the country. It just wasn't in the south. He went all over the north sure. and northeast, you know, whatever was America at the time, and saw. And, of course, you know, the idea of what you see is you don't see individual issues, large issues. When you travel and talk to people and see them, how they work and, and how they act, you look at individuals. Um, and not, you know, not everybody believed in that. Um, and not everybody believed in a lot of other things that were wrong. So yeah. I think he understood that the whole world had nothing uh, to compare to America's freedom. So what he saw as freedom in America wasn't even close to what was happening all over the world. And so he could only look at it from that perspective in context of his time. So he was in awe of it and saw that and and said, um, and and he actually didn't say that quote, but it's been attributed to him. No one knows who actually said it, but he could have said it uh, because he made other comments that are very similar in tone uh, in direction. Mm-hmm. So we just have to be honest and understand context and history and time and, and kind of uh, uh, go from there and, and determine what, what was going on. Yeah, the key is to be honest. And I don't think a lot of people are honest. I think they get mileage out of, the, of just grievance because you talk about the context of the times, you know, by virtue of that uh, and the objective truths of their times that they understood their limited amount of knowledge they concluded that blacks weren't fully human. And, and so if you don't think a race of people is fully human, then you are going to commit some what we would call today atrocities against those people. And so there was, it was out of our ignorance that we, we made these decisions. But we make decisions based on science today uh, and have down through the years that 
you know, a couple decades later, we find out, wow, that was a disaster. You know, that, that was a, a, an absolute tragedy. And, and we might look back at what we're doing with, with these COVID inoculations and find out that that is a tragedy. We don't know yet because science is only as good as the latest science. Well, let me comment on that because lest we think we're so good today. Mm, yes. <laughs> the, uh, the historical background of politically correct thinking uh, formed uh, through socialism and communism. Mm-hmm. And if you want to talk about atrocities, and again, think that we're so good in our current day and age, mm-hmm. there have been no greater atrocities committed than those that were derivatives of socialism and communism. Look at what happened in Russia with mm-hmm. Stalin. In communist China under Mao, Mm -hmm. the killing fields of Cambodia with Patpal, the apartheid segregational policies of South Africa. So, you know, we like to say, well, aren't we good because we see things, you know, 100 years ago that were incorrect and we're going to, you know, tear down things. And I'm not saying like you that, you know, we need to have statues, right? (laughs) But... You know, if you're going to talk about atrocities, um, we have to point the finger at ourselves and our cultures and our societies that were developed. And um, that's why when you have those advocating uh, for socialism and communism, uh, I shake my head, as I know many people do, and say, mm-hmm. now, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. The history, the science shows us how incorrect those two positions are. And I don't care how you dress it up and call it democratic socialism, as some of our politicians do. Um, The reality is, and this is the the next point to that, the very spirit of that is the antichrist spirit. And that's why believers must be the salt of the earth um, and the fertilizer, as I say in one of my chapters, we are to go in and enrich the earth and speak what is true because we have the truth living in us through the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's why we can't abdicate, you know, our culture and leave it to others and not get involved in our culture. So, so that's why it's very important to understand the difference. And anyway, you know, there are just a lot of different things to think so, about. It, as horrible as slavery was, America has always been a redemptive nation, and, and we try to right our wrongs. Uh, we weren't killing babies at will back in the 1860s. And uh, we, we have, until recently, sanctioned that as, as a, our federal government has has pretty much sanctioned that, and hopefully this is a, is a turnaround coming up. But we, my brother, I don't know where the time went. We're out of time. <laughs> Our guest today on Licensed to Parent has been Joe Battaglia. Joe wrote the book, Making America Good Again. If you're interested in learning more about Joe's ministry, go to joebattaglia.com. Let me spell that out for you. J-O-E-B-A-T-T-A-G-L-I-A.com. Thanks for listening to Licensed to Parent. Licensed to Parent is a small part of a larger organization, Shepherds Hill Academy, our year-long premier Christian boarding school for teens in crisis. And I want to invite you to learn more about this ministry to teens and their families at our website, 
licensedparent.org. Shepherd's Hill Academy has successfully been treating teens with addiction issues and behavioral conditions through our nature-based therapy program for boys and girls ages 12 to 17. And we need your help to continue doing what we do. Would you consider giving a financial gift? A gift of any amount brings hope and healing to families in crisis. And you can give securely online by clicking the donate button at the top of the page when you visit licensedparent.org. Thanks to our team for making today possible. Our producer is Rich Rosel. Carl Peets is our technical producer. For Trace Embry, I'm Michelle Hill, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your license to parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.